guys welcome to the very first episode of the stoner fairy pod i wish i could come up with some cool intro music for you guys but i'll get there i promise i'm so happy to have you all here to join me on my crazy rants and think pieces and i'm ready to become parasocial besties with all of you I hope you guys are staying warm and healthy, like as we're starting our transition from fall into winter. For me personally, the seasonal depression can get really bad, so I try to do a lot of things to stay sane in the winter. Something that really helps me is having like a routine. I try to get up naturally with the sun, no alarms. Immediately after I wake up, um, I guess I let my dog out and feed my little Casey. <laughs> And I think this might be the best start to the day in the world. I wash my face with warm water. And it really wakes me up and calms me down to have a warm towel on my face. And the steam and everything just feels so good in the morning. One of the most important parts of the winter, I guess for me, is making sure you're properly moisturized. I know some of y'all are familiar with the winter crustiness. Um... I like to use coconut oil ooh, and Cetaphil lotion on my face because one of the keys to skincare is having an oil to lock in your moisturizer because oil puts a layer on our skin that locks in whatever you have underneath. So I always try to apply creams first and oils last. I've been trying to oil and moisturize my hair too like in my body because everything just gets so dry when it's cold and I feel like a lot of us forget to moisturize um on my lips I've been using Vaseline and I got a cute little tinted lip balm so you guys can do that too I also try to pre-pack my bags in the morning if I know that I'm going somewhere it just takes so much stress off of me to just be able to grab my stuff and go. I've really been liking like a little snacky muffin or bagel sandwich in the morning because when we sleep, we're basically fasting for eight hours or however long you sleep at night. So I try to keep it light when I wake up because I don't feel like our bodies were made to eat like these huge breakfasts the world offers up like IHOP. I'm pretty sure that's mostly an American thing to eat fruits and stuff that seems like a dessert early as fuck in the morning, like pancakes and waffles and stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good pancake. If I'm staying in for the day, like sometimes I'll cook a little breakfast, sausage and eggs in the morning is so good to me. Ooh, or like a little soup. And I'm vegan, so all of this stuff is vegan, of course. One of my favorite breakfast foods that I recently tried for the first time is shank shinka. I think that's how you say it. It's like bell peppers and garlic in a pan and you add tomatoes and it turned into a pasta sauce kind of thing. But the best part is you put like three little eggs in it and some cheese and pepper on the top and the eggs cook in the tomato sauce. It's so good. I think shakshunka is like an African dish. I love trying foods and breakfast from other cultures because they have such different lives than us and such different routines. I think we would all share that type of stuff with each other. I've really been liking potatoes in the morning or maybe like some sort of burrito. 
But my favorite dessert of all time is yogurt with, like, chopped up fruit and granola in it. It's so good. And I feel like a bowl of cereal never gets old to me. Some other things I've been doing to stay sane in the winter is layering. I try to wear something with long sleeves or, like, a fleece or thermal under all of my clothes because I start getting really upset when it's too cold. One of the most important parts of the winter for me is to make sure you're eating really good, like eat a really nice dinner or lunch throughout the day because we need more nutrition in the winter to keep like the meat on our bones. And food plays such a big part on our mental health and such a big role in our lives because if we're not eating good, we're not feeling good. I love takeout, too, during the winter, like Chinese food, ooh, anything with a broth you can drink, and I love food and takeout because it's just made and packed with so much love, and it warms your body, especially in the winter. I also like to end my day with, like, a hot bath, maybe with some rose petals, or shower with some good-smelling body washes and essential oils so I can smell really good and get really cozy in bed. My night routine is pretty short, like, I've just been lighting the Myers candles, whatever's in season, and I smoke a little bowl and put on some background noise for me to sleep to or do a little craft. I've recently been experimenting with different background noises, like I like YouTube commentary videos or something that's healing my little inner child is going to sleep to like Spongebob or family guy and then sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and it's still playing and I'm like what the fuck is going on it just has like a really nostalgic feeling and I think it's important for us to like know our patterns and take the extra steps and spend a little extra money to make sure you're comfortable when it's like the cold months because you'll thank yourself for it in the future with all of that stuff out of the way, we need to have a little chat about the gossip in the world surrounding Kanye West and his squad, because he is causing a stir in the media. For those of you that haven't heard, Kanye basically made a series of posts about Jewish people controlling the media, the government, and the entertainment industry. He was also, like, expressing his beliefs about Jewish greed and how he believes that Jewish people exploit the rest of the world to hoard all the fame and the power. And then in his interviews, he came out saying that none of the comments he made are actually offensive because all black people are Jewish and he is Jewish and he can't be offensive to a group that he's part of. His words, not mine. This is also the same guy that says 400 years of slavery was a choice and that Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. She just took them to go work for other white people. So, again, I'm not really surprised here. This whole Kanye thing just seems really crazy to watch from the sidelines. And I feel like it really ties into how the world views celebrity pain, mental health, and abuse as some sort of spectacle. I mean, I guess you can't blame everybody because with social media, everything is just so out there nowadays. 
and it feels like we see everything. It's kind of like if you were driving down the street and you see a horrific accident with like police cars all around it. It's like no one wants to see that, but here it is, and we all can't help but to look at it with the rest of the world. I'm just wondering how Kim feels with all of this because we're actively witnessing like someone she loves spiraling online and having her ex be embarrassing. I know if we're feeling it, she's definitely feeling some of this tension and backlash too, for sure. And the whole time, she's probably behind the scenes like, Kanye, please stop acting like this on social media. You're hurting me and ruining your reputation. My PR team is going to have to hire more people to do damage control. Kanye, stop. And have you guys seen her post on her socials? Like, um, Kanye will post... Kim didn't allow me to see my kids this week. That evil family is trying to keep them away from me. And she'll be commenting like, Kanye, please stop this. You literally saw them this morning. But I feel like it has to be horrible for a divorce, which is supposed to be such a close, like, intimate thing, broadcasted to millions of people. It just has to be really hard. I feel like we're all in Rome at the Coliseum watching, like, all of the Kimye drama. And then Kanye was telling fans to yell at Pete when they see him. It just feels so crazy. He did an interview a little while ago with Pierce Morgan, and it was so bad and just all around, like, really hard to watch. He was, like, mocking his accent, trying to do British accents, and saying stuff like, he will always be married to Kim in his mind. He's not mentally ill. He just doesn't get enough sleep at night. And it makes him say crazy things. Kanye West, everybody. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. Like, I love Kanye. And I think he's a genius. But you can be smart and be crazy. A lot of the times, that intelligence comes with a little insanity. And I can't even begin to break down all the insane things he said. He talked about how he is the iPhone 20. (laughs) He said he's the iPhone 20 receiving downloads from God and how we're all just God's little iPhones receiving updates. And it was so funny because anytime like Pierre said something he didn't want to hear, he would just walk away from the camera and it would be like a solid five second shot of like the blank camera. And he'd say, la, 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 really loud. La, 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 la. This is what I say when you're not listening to me. Those are Kanye's exact words. I'm just trying to wrap my head around what we're really witnessing here because this is a moment that would definitely go down in pop culture history for sure. Kanye made sure to mention like how rich and famous he is and that he doesn't have to listen to anyone that has a lower net worth than him. He also touched on some really important topics like how he feels like As a black man, he's expected to believe certain things and subscribe to certain political views. I do agree with that part because a lot of people in the world just kind of vote blindly for whatever party they're used to and don't really look into what the opposing party could be saying that might be true. I understand where he was coming from in saying that people can run for office and automatically get the black and POC votes without having to really back up much of what they say other than being like a Democrat. He said he doesn't want him or his kids to be put in a box like that. But I feel like, okay, this is a hot take. I feel like just because you don't want to be boxed in 
doesn't mean you have to do everything you can in your power to purposely be outside that box. He did say later in the interview that he realizes that his comments about going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people were racist and that he's sorry. But he made sure to throw in some comments about how Jewish people are raping us as a nation. So we can thank the gods for his apology, I guess. <laughs> Did you guys hear about the Kim K and Ray J drama about how the sex tape they made together was a planned release? And that they got the inspiration from Paris Hilton's sex tape? Um, Ray J basically leaked some DMs between him and Kim saying that he's going to expose Kim's family and all of their lies about the situation and how Kim and her mom planned it together and he was just a pawn in all of this. I'm not shocked though because it sounds exactly like the Kardashian cult clan. <laughs> it's just I have a screenshot of the DMs pulled up here. This is what Ray J says to Kim. All those fake tears, your fans trusting you to be honest and sincere, but it's all fake for the cameras. I was playing my part until you started doing all of this. Why are you trying to ruin me when you know I was just a player? You have to stop believing your own lies. I have to let the world know the real because you've taken it too far now, Kim. Somebody needs to explain the play you are doing to me ASAP or I will have no choice but to protect my brand and my family and expose the real. Mind you guys, he's texting this to her. In the picture, it's all caps, and it's so funny. But it really makes you think about, like, the Kanye West drama. And I'm all for believing women and everything, but it is very obvious here that Kim and her family are not against tearing down people's reputations based on their lies. And then on the episode, I forget what episode it is, but Kim was basically saying that Ray J's team is threatening to release a second sex tape and she was like crying and her family's swirling around her they're like this is not okay like he you don't deserve to be treated like this and have your reputation ruined and there's no way for us to know what's really true in the Kim and Kanye situation because everything is fake in Hollywood I do think it's crazy though that six out of 12 of Kim K's boyfriends six out of 12 were black I mean, that's, like, that's 50%. And when you consider, like, Chloe and Tristan Thompson and Kylie and Tyga, it just seems weird they all happen to be into black guys. The Kardashians are apparently Armenian. <laughs> it's in Europe, so I'm pretty sure that makes her white. It's just so scary to me, like, their cult of black husbands and mixed kids. And it just makes it hard to feel sorry for them because we all know, like, we... That's not the full details of everything that we're seeing online. And it might seem like it's everything, but that's never the case. I mean, I could talk a lot about how Hollywood is a cult and famous evil and everything. I'm sure we all can. Oh, oh I forgot to mention the picture of Lady Gaga eating the human cake. Have you guys seen that? So she's standing at a party with a group of people and it looks like it's some type of charity gathering for the performance arts and they have red blood sauce poured over like this woman's naked body and she's in the coffin and when I'm looking at this I'm like why does the 
cake looks so realistic. And then I looked it up later and found out that it was actually a real person. And they were scooping and eating blood sauce off of a real person with little spoons. If you guys want to look it up, just look up Lady Gaga human cake. The image is hilarious. It's so funny. But it honestly sounds like her. Do you guys think that Lady Gaga and Cher are vampires? Because they both never seem to be aging, and they always look so good when I see them. Let me know your theories on who else you think might be a vampire. La 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 la. <laughs> I can't get over Kanye's interview. Anyway, I feel like the Kimye drama should be a lesson for all of us about what happens when you continue to give someone an audience to broadcast out everything they think and feel to the whole world. Back in the old days, like, it wasn't that way, and you'd have to go to the town square if you wanted anybody to listen to you, and if they didn't like what you were saying, they'd throw, like, they'd stone you. I feel like we weren't meant to have an audience this big or use social media to express our beliefs because, like, can we please leave that shit at home? And I also feel like, as a society, we're way too used to being, like, surveilled constantly and being in the know about the lives of everyone around us. And we're just not meant to live that way. I saw this TikTok that was saying something like, counting how many cameras film me per day living in NYC, and it was like 20 cameras. That's crazy. Somebody told me a theory about political parties and sports being made up by the government to push us to separate our beliefs as a way to kind of distract us from what's really going on in the world. If we were also focused on, like, I don't know, Trump tweeting crazy stuff and Kanye being a Republican and his White Lives Matter shirts and the Super Bowl and, like, TikTok being controlled by China, then we probably won't have any time to focus on real-world issues or to, like, I don't know, wonder what the government is really doing. There are so many things, like, that are put in the world by the government to control us. I mean, there is no real way to prove it think about like capitalism and consumerism and religion and everything and all the ways that they control us and divide us and bring us together it can be like okay well here's an example sometimes grocery stores will put the stuff you need in the back so that you have to walk through everything in the store to get your essentials and when you're walking through all that stuff You might see a shirt you like or get hungry and it's like all a tactic to make you buy more stuff. And I mean, we're always being watched like your phone collecting data on the things you say and recommending those personalized ads. Everything is spying on us on top of what we already post and reveal about ourselves too. like they have everything, our fingerprints, our face IDs iPhone came out with an update to where you could, like, still open your phone with a mask on, and you can use your face ID in the dark. Like, that's basically your entire face. If you can unlock your phone with 50% of your face covered, like, they know what you look like. And they have, like, our addresses, and my credit card is connected to my iPhone, like, Apple Pay. It's like nothing is private anymore. 
and if all of us regular people get watched and prayed on like this like I just can't imagine how it feels to be famous and to never have your life be yours ever again and I'm not saying like celebrities didn't do it to themselves we should eat the rich and everything but celebrities are people too with like lives and mental health struggles that don't need to be recorded and broadcasted online I mean think about like free Britney and her conservatorship and all the intimate details of her life and struggles being broadcasted to the world in 4k and she would open up and say that they would force her to take birth control and she would cry about how she's getting older and wants to start a family and they wouldn't let her. And we watch this happen and think stuff like, oh, my God, Brittany is so crazy online. Like, what is she doing? What's with all of her videos and why is she staring at the camera like that? But I can say with full certainty that none of us would know what to do if your pain was made public for millions of people to see and I feel like a lot of us can't really comprehend how many millions really is I mean I get upset when even one or two people know my business or find out something I didn't want them to like I just can't imagine what she feels right now and the thing about conservatorships is that they're normally really easy to get into but impossible to get out of and she was stuck in her conservatorship for 13 years even after doing stuff and making statements that prove she could think and act for herself and conservatorships are usually meant for really old people or people with dementia who literally cannot get up and walk and take care of themselves not people who are feeding and housing and employing hundreds of people on their team and she said that her team forced her to take lithium even when it wasn't her normal medication, like when they wanted to sedate her to get her to just do shows. She said she felt drunk on stage and couldn't even talk to her family. She said they forced her to get an IUD and forced her to do tours and shows even when she was sick with a fever of like 100 degrees. 106 degrees I don't know but they forced her to get psychologically evaluated multiple times a week she said they would give her they would either have a therapist come to her home or have her go to a very public center where she'd be psychologically evaluated and they would always say that she was crazy every single time and she said that her team would send her there knowing that paparazzi would be there and catch her coming out crying like the most fucked up part about it is is that she said that if she didn't follow their orders whoever was in charge of her conservatorship would punish her by not letting her see her kids or her boyfriend for days at a time I can pull up a quote from her testimony and her petition to end her conservatorship okay she says, I called up my dad and he said, I'm sorry, Brittany, you have to listen to your doctors. They're planning to send you to a small home in Beverly Hills to do a rehab program that we're going to make up for you. You're going to pay $60,000 a month for this. I cried on the phone for like an hour and he loved every minute of it. The control he had over someone as powerful as me, he loved it. He loved to control his own daughter 100,000%. He loved it. I packed my bags and went to that place. I worked seven days a week, no days off, which in California, the only similar thing to this is called sex trafficking, making anyone work against their will, taking away their possessions, their credit card, cash, phone, passport, and placing them in a home where they work. They work with the people who live with them. 
They watch me change every day naked, morning, noon, and night. My body, I had no privacy for me or my room. I gave eight gallons of blood a week. If I didn't do any of my meetings and work from eight to six at night, which is 10 hours a day, seven days a week, no days off, I wouldn't be able to see my kids or my boyfriend. I never had a say in my schedule. They always told me I had to do this. And that's why I'm telling you this again two years later after I've lied and told the whole world I'm okay and I'm happy. It's a lie. I thought just maybe that if I said enough, I might become happy because I've been in denial. I've been in shock. I'm traumatized, you know. Fake it till you make it. But I'm now I'm now telling you the truth, okay? I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry. It's insane. And I'm depressed and I cry every day. Going forward, I'm not willing to meet with or see anyone. I've met with enough people against my will. I'm done. I would also like to share my story with the world and what they did to me instead of it being a hush-hush secret to benefit all of them. I want to be able to be heard on what they did to me by making me keep this in for so long. It is not good for my heart. I've been so angry and I cry every day. It concerns me. I'm not allowed to expose the people who did this to me. So that was her quote. It was her testimony in court. It was like 20 minutes long and I remember her saying something like she had complained about this to the judges before and this was a letter that she wrote previous to leave them and they ignored it so she's reading it again to the judge and it's really sad and horrible to think about what her family did to her for so long and that other people go through the same thing every day I guess just on a smaller scale but on a lighter note her conservatorship has ended and she made a video saying she can't wait to drive her car and get her nails done, and buy candles, and then she made a video saying that she's engaged, and was showing off her ring, and her boyfriend, oh sorry, her fiance, (laughs) is one of those things that's so sweet, and it makes you think like, huh, maybe celebrities are just like us, even though they're really not, (laughs) I mean, she's a real person though, who deserves empathy and decency, so I'm happy for her, If you guys want to keep up with the drama or, like, learn more information about it in detail, um, watch her documentary. It's called Framing Britney Spears. I think it's on Hulu. Um, I also wanted to talk to you about the Drew Barrymore's TikTok where she was dancing in the rain. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It was just a video of her dancing in the rain and saying, like, whenever you get the chance, go out and dance in the rain. I'm really happy for her to see her living her life, especially because of what she went through in her childhood. You guys should check out some of her books where she... I'm going to start a stoner fair reading list, okay? In her books, she details the events of her life, and it's just hard to hear how much these celebrities really struggle. She talks about how she was first given alcohol when she was eight. Eight years old, she drank two glasses of champagne that some adults gave to her at the party. And they were like, I bet you can't drink this. And she was like, "Uh uh-huh, I can. And so she drank them and said she felt like the life of the party. She was smoking weed at 10 years old and was doing coke by 12. And you guys want to ask why? Why was she doing all of this? Her mom was involved with some type of studio in Hollywood, Studio 54, and she took her there when she was really young and I guess kind of catapulted her into that world. She did an interview with Oprah where the mom was saying that they would go to these like 
industry parties together and she would leave Drew alone because and I quote she seemed like she wanted her space and I'm just like what the fuck has to be wrong with her mom to a take an eight-year-old to an adults only party and b leave her alone at the party I have a theory that maybe she was just using Drew to get into the parties and ditching her to like go find a new husband or something but that's a video for another day it's just so sad to think about like her mother abandoning her like that I can pull up one of her quotes here from her interviews okay here it is Drew says when I was 13 that was probably the lowest just knowing that I really was alone and it felt terrible it was a really rebellious time I would run off and I was very very angry She talks about how her mom admitted her to rehab and goes on to say she created a monster and she didn't know what to do with that monster. This was her last gasp and I really was out of control and I forgive her for making this choice. She probably felt like she had nowhere to turn. Maybe hospitalization was necessary because I came out of there a more respecting person and my parents didn't teach me that and life wasn't teaching me that. I came out in a very different way, but I was still me. She's just such a wise person. Oh my God, guys. And then she talks about getting emancipated and living alone at 14 and how her apartment was in an alleyway. It had like fungus on the roof and how scary it was for her. I'm just like, Can you imagine that being abandoned in that way? I mean, I would say the first time she was abandoned when she was eight years old, and it's probably earlier than that. And my heart really goes out to her because she was really able to turn her life around, and it really just speaks for how strong she is as a person. And she's still so kind today. Like, if you guys watch her show or see any of her interviews, she is so kind. But she ends the interview... Um, with a quote from her dad that I thought was really good. My dad once told me that expectations are the mother of deformity, and I do not expect anything. Expectations always got me in trouble. What do expectations really do? They make other people feel like shit, and they let you down eventually. Anyway, I'm really happy to see that she's dancing in the rain, though, because when you've experienced such an extreme amount of, like, trauma and abuse in childhood and suffered through addiction and fought hard to have like a beautiful life like she has it's the little things that matter the most maybe I should just go take the time to dance in the rain we all should and we should all take the time to be like Brittany and her candles and just buy little things that make us just feel wonderful and good and Drew and Brittany, they both deserve to be happy, especially after working so hard and everything that they sacrificed for their fame. And it's difficult to keep up with when your body is the commodity. And that's what fame is. It's essentially selling like your body and your talents and your life away. And the last thing I want to talk about is kind of related to what I was saying about how we're all too comfortable with being watched. It's kind of the other end of the spectrum. I feel like a lot of us are trying too hard to romanticize our lives and make it seem like we do something interesting every day and eat something good every day and ride the train and stare out the window longingly. And I really do believe that there's like beauty in the mundane and it feels like a lot of people 
I meet want the perfect coffee or the perfect hair or their raindrops on the window moment. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I've always wanted like a meet cute. <laughs> if you guys don't know what the meet cute trope is, it's like when two people, I guess, meet each other and start liking each other in a really cliche way. Like he dropped his ticket at the bus station. I picked it up or we had the same order at the coffee shop. I feel like a lot of us secretly want that deep down. But I really do wish we could all just take a step back and just like live for a second without the need for an audience I feel like in a lot of ways the same way we like to watch celebrity drama and like meltdowns we also like to broadcast our own like I'll be tweeting like I'm in pain or the world the whole world has to note it and look how perfect my life is today and I mean I do think there are beautiful moments in life I really do and I do go crazy on Twitter and tweet my very intimate thoughts that probably should be kept to myself. But I do feel like in this generation of like Tumblr and TikTok and Instagram, I feel like somebody needs to talk about how we all secretly crave an audience, even if we don't know it. I mean, that's the only reason why people post on their stories or you know, post stuff on Instagram. It's because you want other people to see it. Otherwise, you would have kept it to yourself. And I feel like that can leak into, like, other aspects of our lives. I saw this YouTube video where this girl was saying that she was, like, a retired Manic Pixie dream girl. And she would go to, like, her local coffee shop and bring something crazy so that people would notice her. She hemmed a dress. She did a puzzle. Like, she literally just brought anything that would cause people to come up to talk to her. And one day, it actually happened. And this guy came up to her and was like, oh, what are you making? What are you doing? And she was like, I guess you'll just have to find out. Like, my friend's about to pick me up. So she gave him her number. And then I guess they started talking. And it didn't even last that long because whenever she started to show who she really was and that she wasn't like this, I don't know, wistful complex beautiful woman character he wasn't really interested anymore and I don't really use social media as much these days I stopped a long time ago because I hated feeling like a follower like on snapchat and stuff I was always liking people's pictures and watching their stories and it just felt like I was a fan a fan of these normal people's lives I really do like, like, some of us were Snapchat girls and some of us were Tumblr girls. I like Tumblr because it kind of feels like you're talking into nothing. And then it's like, it's social media without the social, like, just vibes. <laughs> I like Twitter too because it kind of has, like, a similar talking into the void feeling. But I'm wondering what's up with this, like, hmm... I guess the word for it would be like performative happiness and with the rise of be real like that's not real either and we say we don't want people to watch us and consume us but I think a lot of y'all are doing it to yourselves like how can we stop performing this aesthetic of like happiness and perfectionism and trying to pretend like we don't live normal lives like it's okay to be basic I like living a normal life, and most of all, I enjoy my fucking privacy. I feel like a lot of us mask our own inner monologues and what we're really going through, 
And in most cases, what has social media ever really done to help us? Maybe it's just my insecurity speaking, but I refuse. I refuse to go online and watch someone live a better life than me. I just feel like I can't stand to go on social media and see like this girl, this is a perfect day in my perfect life. I eat my perfect meal, see my perfect boyfriend, drink my perfect coffee, and then I do my perfect work on my $10,000 laptop. And I simply do not want to see it anymore. When I stop consuming as much social media, I stop feeling sad and I stopped feeling like I was looking at all these people and I needed to be perfect for who? Who was I trying to be perfect for? And who are we all trying to be perfect for and performing for? And I feel like social media is good for a lot of things. Like it connects us and even people from millions of miles away, we get to have a glimpse of each other's lives. And I love the way we can share our cultures and experience online because it gives us like a sense of community and helps us realize that we weren't so alone anyway and I don't know about you guys but I was weird in high school I didn't have any friends in real life but I had a shit ton of online friends and a lot of y'all aren't using social media for good I fear (laughs) I also feel like social media is a breeding ground for weak and insecure people And before y'all cancel me, I'm not saying all people on social media are like that, but a lot of them are. I'm just trying to figure out where this trend started of us needing to be watched and needing to see what other people are doing. (sighs) But luckily, it's not all bad, guys. I can give you some suggestions on what I do to disconnect or habits that I found help us get out of the mix. Number one is stop watching the news and go off the grid. (laughs) I'm not trying to be like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but have you guys ever seen those people who live like the off the grid lives and they chop their little wood and use like a cast iron skillet? I want that so bad. Like no Wi-Fi, no phones in the middle of the woods, just vibes. (laughs) But all jokes aside though... I stopped watching the news years ago and I used to watch it every day and it just made me so sad because they're always broadcasting bad stuff and I feel like okay we do need to be in the know about what's going on in the world because you won't really know what to look out for in a dangerous context and you never really know what to believe nowadays and I really hate it feeling like all of these different shows and news companies were like fighting for my attention. And I have heard stuff about opposing news companies like Fox and CNN just making content that opposes each other. Like they just make this specifically to say CNN was wrong. And like you never know who to believe nowadays. Another good thing I've been practicing is trying to carry a book around with me everywhere, like in my little backpack or my tote bag. Um, I've been carrying around Animal Farm with me. I like to reread classics over and over again. And every time I want to doom scroll online or get on TikTok, I just read a book instead. You can also, like, I just found out how to pirate books onto your phone 
another good book I've been reading is I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Her memoir is so good. Like, I can't even begin to break down all the stuff she was talking about. I mean, we all know about Disney and Dan Schneider and Nickelodeon and all of them being evil and so. But she also talks about, again, how her mom forced her to be famous and she didn't really want to do it and felt like she was performing for the world and doing everything and making all these money for all these people suddenly depending on her at such a young age. Like, our brains at those developmental ages, like, and then child stars are even worse. I was going to say our brains at 12 and 13 and 14 aren't equipped to handle that, but you have people working younger than that. So our brains at any point, I don't think, will ever be developed to handle fame. I finished so many books by just, anytime I find myself doing something useless, just like pick up a book instead um you can also set up screen time and be like okay I'm going to use 10 minutes of social media today and that's it for right now I feel I don't know I feel like a lot of us need to learn how to parent and discipline ourselves because no one is going to do it for you (laughs) and I think if we learn how to discipline ourselves it would save a lot it would save us the trouble and it would save a lot of the people who know us the trouble and I hate like getting on TikTok or something and then you watch one TikTok and then look at the clock and it's like three hours later and social media really fucks up our brains and attention spans that way because it's the promise of endless content they didn't start like endless scrolling until like I want to say maybe around 2015 Twitter was the first to really do the endless scrolling concept and uh, you can endlessly scroll on Reddit too but on TikTok it's like a really unique thing because it's random content all the time unlimitedly and the way that TikTok is unlimited is not unlimited in the same way that other apps are unlimited like they TikTok is one of the biggest evil corporations alongside sheen (laughs) and social media is slowly rotting all of our brains and turning us into like people watching order following sheeple and it really plays on our vulnerabilities because people i mean and i have fallen victim to myself some people see something on tiktok or online and they're like i have to have it and again guys this has happened to me like that's another reason why I try to stay off social media for my wallet because my little rat brain cannot handle seeing something I want because I will buy it (laughs) and don't get me wrong I think social media can be good in some ways and that stuff like that isn't inherently bad I mean no one created the internet with malicious intent to try to control the world I'm sure well I want to believe they did it to connect us and advance us as a society I'm just gonna say some of you bitches need to learn how to use social media as a tool and not a weapon against yourself and I saw this article by the New York Times that was saying that apps like TikTok and um Instagram and stuff and the reels are training our brains to have shorter attention spans so it'll be easier to control us 
And TikToks are what, like 30 seconds long. Some people can't even get through a 30 second long TikTok. And we need to bring back like long forms of media, like YouTube videos. And I try to just sit down and give stuff my full attention when I watch it because I don't want to become a little sheeple. (laughs) Here's a good quote I want to leave you guys with. Um, It's from one of my favorite books, 1984. It says, the ideal set up by the party was something huge, terrible, and glittering. A world of steel and concrete, of monstrous machines and terrifying weapons. A nation of warriors and fanatics marching toward in perfect unity. All thinking the same thoughts and shouting the same slogans, perpetually working, fighting, triumphing, persecuting 300 million people, all with the same face. The party employs science and technology to curtail human freedom and privacy and to control human behavior. Tragedy, he perceived, belonged to the ancient time, to a time where there was still privacy, love, and friendship, and when the members of a family stood by one another without needing to know the reason. Every day, we're getting closer to Black Mirror in 1984, I fear. And this quote really talks about, like, it's... (coughs) Oh my gosh, sorry guys. That's my stoner cough. (laughs) But this quote really speaks to me because it talks a lot about how... And it's crazy because 1984 was written in, like, I want to say... I want to say, like, the 40s or 50s. And it's crazy when people write stuff like this and it's still so relevant today because it's like they tried to warn us. And it's kind of scary to think that well big brother has existed for a really long time but it's just kind of scary to think that we predicted this and like history repeats the past and stuff but in the light of all this kimye drama i think it's really important to think about how bad social media is for dating and breakups too not just for our own little rat brains because i don't really think that any of us should be able to look up what our exes are doing online at any given moment or like in the case of Kim and Kanye have our exes slander us online and ruin our reputations and a lot of us don't have the self-control to block and move on like I'm gonna expose myself here I used to be a fake friend and I would smile on people's faces and then like go on their Instagram and see their posts on my feed and I wouldn't like them because I hated them in real life and I hated them because I hated myself and so I feel like a lot of us don't really have the self-control to block and move on that's something I've been practicing like just block and move on like I am not gonna see anything I don't want to see on my phone bill that I pay I still struggle with that sometimes and I'm not trying to comfort anybody like as much as these are critiques of the world they're critiques of myself too so I don't want you guys to feel bad but let's smoke a little bowl together before I go um I'm loading my bowl with half weed if you guys live in a legal state and half lavender and rose petals right now and if you guys haven't gotten into smoking herbs don't worry I'll make an episode about that (laughs) if you guys want to smoke a bowl with me like feel free to join
I want you guys to all DM me your like favorite little herbs and bowl mixes to put in your bowl. My Instagram is at the stoner fairy. I'd love to see what you guys have to say. And I think you can leave like comments and reviews on like whatever streaming service you're listening to this on. But thank you for talking with me. I love you guys. I'm so happy that I can have people to tell all my little rants to. And thank you guys for coming to my TED Talk. I'll see you on the next episode. It's probably going to be about something crazy.